This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, we are back again on for the NFL slate. Already had some NBA action go down with the Knicks beating on the Hawks just because the Hawks are so depleted. But uh, get that out of the way. We got to talk some football, though. Uh, Yeah, two-gamer, interesting games uh, in terms of style and matchups where we've got uh, Green Bay uh, hosting uh, the uh, Browns, whom, uh, you know, it's kind of weird because... The Browns are supposedly uh, healthier, I guess is the word to call it, uh, with folks out of protocol. I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, and, <laughs> whoa, man. Oh, this slate just, oh. Yeah, I'm just seeing the news about the Ravens. So now, now, not only do we not have Lamar Jackson, because the ankle injury is apparently worse than we thought, the, literally... No Tyler Huntley because he's tested positive for COVID and, and is in the, the protocols. Uh, whoo, man, the Ravens have no QB, and I was already on them for picks, so I'm kind of locked in in certain pools. Oh, that sucks. Whoo, man, that's a that's a bad break. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get into this slate. So, uh, in terms of uh, the spread. Uh, we've got uh, Green Bay lines up to uh, lines up to seven. I mean, it what it's it, it seven and a half. It, like the line did not move. Actually, I thought the line started at seven. It's it's at seven and a half. It began at seven and a half. Baker Mayfield is supposedly in. The line still has not moved. The uh, the, the oddsmakers have so little faith in Baker Mayfield that nothing has actually changed about this line. That is about as disrespectful as it gets in terms of being an NFL QB. You are in the game and, uh, yeah, you, it's like the line does not move with Baker Mayfield. I mean, so both Baker cleared protocols and case Keenum cleared protocols. Honestly, if I'm the Browns, I play Case Keenum over Baker. I still don't think Baker's healthy. And and in this game, you actually need a QB healthy enough to execute the game plan to stall out the drives with long, prolonged drives to keep Green Bay's offense off the field. Because to me, that's the way uh, Cleveland wins this game. They have to be able to keep Green Bay off the field. This line is at 46 and a half. I expect Green Bay to score 30 points in this game. 
So I don't see how this works out in any way, shape, or form unless somehow Cleveland can put up points. And yes, they can give the ball to Nick Chubb, but at some at certain points they're they're gonna have to make a couple throws. And my biggest issue with uh everything going on is the fact that I don't know where Cleveland's passing attack is going to be because it's just been such a hodgepodge. Of course, they try to blame it on Odell, but you know, outside of outside of like just like one or two games uh, with Landry and maybe Donovan Peoples Jones, like the the passing attack has not been there, and they keep chucking the ball. So it's it's one of those things where realistically they need to run more and actually execute some well-timed play-action passes, but because they're so inefficient throwing the ball, they can't even do that. So I don't see where Cleveland keeps this game close, which is why I am so torn on even suggesting that you play Nick Chubb, even though I know how good Nick Chubb is. But to me... The predication of playing Nick Chubb is the fact that he's going to get plenty of touches. But if Green Bay goes up two scores and forces Cleveland to throw, how much involvement is Nick Chubb truly going to get in this offense? I, I'm not entirely sold on it. I almost think from a leverage standpoint, you're better off fading Nick Chubb and playing A.J. Dillon in a blowout script for the Packers just to get a little bit different and then and start concentrating on the nightcap because I don't see enough points from Cleveland to justify Nick Chubb's price. Nick Chubb has to score at least a touchdown at seven seventy two hundred at his price tag. And I just don't, I don't know. I don't see enough. If it's Baker and it should be Baker Jarvis Landry, 5,100. Again, if if you're playing Chubb, you need this game to be close. So to me, if you're playing Chubb, you might as well play Landry because you need two primary pieces on Cleveland to get going, and the best candidates would be Chubb and Landry. Now, I don't know um, in terms of uh, the overall uh, landscape, like just in terms of how these uh, – these teams are, are suited for one another. Again, I just think that Green Bay is going to be able to throw on this secondary. I love Aaron Rodgers in this matchup. So to me, I think uh, Landry, you got to have some shares of him as an alternative to get off of Chubb. And where I'm looking at it is you play Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, you have Devontae Adams at 8700 He's very expensive. Uh, you know, but DraftKings made the pricing cheaper this week for some reason to get more casual players involved is the only reason why it's like price should not really come into a factor with your builds today. I'm being perfectly honest. Like this is a very straightforward two gamer slate to build. It's not that hard to build lineups. So I'm not even going to talk about pricing because realistically you can fit all these pieces because they mispriced multiple players. So, I mean, in terms of this early game, you've got... Valdez Scantling out. 
So with Valdez Scantling out, I mean, he was on the COVID list. Lazard, again, mispricing. He's only 4,100. Lazard gets red zone targets. Yes, he dropped some passes last week. Aaron Rodgers is still going back to him because he likes him. He blocks. He likes the fact that he, he's active. He fills that Randall Cobb role uh, that uh, Rodgers is very fond of with Cobb on IR. Lazard is going to get targeted. Uh, to me, like Lazard is a... I can't see how you don't play Lazard today um, in, unless you're just trying to game stack on certain bills. But I just think Lazard is too easy of a play and just mispriced. So to me, you don't even need to get cute with the Browns pieces because I think the Packers still outscore them. And they're low. They're not that expensive. Again, price should not be that big of an issue uh, in pricing um, building lineups for this slate. So to me, even Donovan Peoples-Jones is a deep field GPP play only because I think Lazard outscores him. And Lazard's cheaper. That, that's the thing. He's cheaper, and I think he outscores Donovan Peoples-Jones. So, again, if you're trying to get leverage, but, you know, it's a two-game slate. You, there's not there's only so much leverage you can get in terms of getting different without uh, getting too cute. And I don't want to get too cute with this. You know, I like where I got with the Packers. I can play Packers defense, and I can play A.J. Dillon. People aren't going to play A.J. Dillon because they're not going to build for a script where – uh, the Packers just blow out Cleveland. They're going to just play Aaron Jones. But A.J. Dillon gets just as many carries uh, as Aaron Jones these days. And if it's big open in the second half, I I think that, you know, it, it's just easy to play A.J. Dillon at 5,600 as opposed to playing Aaron Jones at 6,800. Like I said, the, the pricing on this slate is way too soft. So to me, if you're playing this slate, kind of have a game plan in mind of doing something a little bit differently. You don't necessarily have to play Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers. I would, but you don't have to. You can play Lazard with him and then play uh, uh, play the big pieces in the indie game. I, I, you know, to get yourself different. But, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to go crazy with some of these builds. So, uh, you know, again, Packers favored by more than a touchdown. I don't see any reason why to change that. Like, there's no take I have here where Cleveland is really making this. Because the weaknesses Cleveland has, Green Bay's good at exploiting. So, Cleveland has issues with their secondary at times. I think Green Bay starts picking them apart. And I think Green Bay can eventually wear down Miles Garrett in that front line by running the ball, too. And, and taking some steam out of their legs by the second half where they are able to peel off some uh, bigger runs uh, in the second half. I, I think they just wear down the Browns. I don't see the Browns doing that much on offense just because where Green Bay struggled last week was the fact that the Ravens were able to move outside the pocket and be able to break contain. The Browns aren't going to be able to do that. I mean, we know Baker can't move, uh, and we know what we got with Case Keenum if Case Keenum gets the nod, but it's going to be Baker more often than not. They're, they, you know, they're setting... They're setting Baker up to save his job or to fail miserably. It's really that simple because if the Browns don't win this game, their their playoff hopes are pretty much done. So, again, could the Browns somehow pull off an upset? I guess, but it's really going to depend on if Nick Chubb can run for over 150 yards. I, 
I'm just not sold on it. I really, I'm really not. So I'm not going to force the issue. So, uh, yeah, the, well, let's get into the nightcap where we've got the Cardinals hosting Indianapolis. The Cardinals have moved up to a two point favorite. The line started at the Cardinals favored by a half point. You know, people are scared of Indy and they should be, but here's the problem. As much as I like Indy and the Colts are one of like, I would say my dark horse pick to win the Super Bowl. The issue with the Colts is they're missing three offensive linemen for tonight's game. Uh, They got injury and COVID protocol. So again, we're, we got a shorthanded Colts team that needs to run the ball against the best. Well, statistically rated uh, amongst the best uh, run defenses in the league. Uh, You know, it's a, uh, it's an issue where, you know, I look at it and I just, I don't see, I don't have a great feeling about this game to be perfectly honest, because the, what the Colts want to do, they want to control clock and they're going to want to try to, uh, they're going to try to uh, play action. The issue becomes uh, with the fact that with those issues up front, the advantage is a rare one, uh, rare time where they're at a disadvantage. I think it shifts more towards the Cardinals. And yes, we know the Cardinals struggled the last few weeks in terms of how they've been managing. But still, even if you look at the uh, the, uh, the stats, DVOA, the Cardinals are top four, def- uh, top five defense, but top four. And against the rush, they're in the top 10 along with Pat. Like, they don't have a glaring weakness on that defense. And on Indy's side, too, Indy's a very good defense, too. I think this kind of comes down to turnovers and who can force uh, a couple of uh, interceptions, to be perfectly honest. That's why I kind of want to target the Green Bay game because we know where Cleveland's weak. We know Cleveland sucks against the pass. We know Cleveland's okay against uh, the rush, but if you wear them down, they they will break. I don't see that many flaws in Indy or Arizona to be looking that hard to the game stack this game uh, from an offensive standpoint. It's not that appealing to me, to be honest. And yeah, Jonathan Taylor is mispriced. Jonathan Taylor should be more expensive, but I. I guess in terms of uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, they're trying to get more casual people to play today. So he's less than he should be. Yeah, like, I'll leave it at that. Like, this is a misprice on Taylor. There's really no reason to get off of Taylor. He's going to see a ton of touches, you know, and I can, I can try to make a case to say why you should fade Jonathan Taylor, but realistically, it just comes down to you're trying to play an ownership play and for most players, they're not going to be able to leverage the proper plays to leverage out of playing Jonathan Taylor. And I don't see enough pieces in this game that really make it that enticing to get off of Jonathan Taylor either. If it, there were more if there were more pieces I were interested in in the earlier game, I could make a case for a fading Taylor. But on this slate where you got a game where I think it's a pretty one-sided affair, and a second game where it can be pretty tight and, you know, the key pieces on both sides are still going to see plenty of volume. 
I see no reason why to get away from Taylor. It's it just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Now, we don't know if if on the Arizona side, if James Conner is going to be in at running back, he's going to be a game-time decision. So my thing is, I see Chase Edmonds as just as viable a play because if Conner's already this banged up uh, with his heel, why wouldn't Arizona uh, throw it to Edmonds out of the backfield anyway, just to take the load off of Conner? Because this is going to be a tight game regardless. Both teams are going to try to find different ways of getting uh, folks involved. Hammering it up the middle 20 times with James Conner when he's banged up does not seem like a viable strategy for an Arizona team that's on a, a losing skid. I think they mix it up a bit and they get Chase Edmonds more involved in Connor early. And then we see where it goes from there if they have some success with it. But I think early, early on in the game, if James Conner still plays, I still like uh, Chase Edmonds and he's 1300 less on, on DraftKings and a little bit cheaper on FanDuel as well. So again, this is where the roster construction matters because on the wide receiver side, you got a roulette wheel between uh, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, and Rondale Moore. They all have cases that you can make for them why they would be the primary target uh, tonight uh, from Kyler Murray. So instead of trying to play the roulette wheel, I'm going to play multiple lineups and prioritize uh, a couple of pieces. But as I said, I'm going to be playing a lot of Alan Lazard today because I still think Alan Lazard outscores pretty much all the uh, wide receiver pieces on the Cardinals. If I think the Browns throw their coverage at uh, Devontae Adams to try to slow him down, Lazard is going to have one-on-one opportunities down the field to make him pay. And I, and I would like to take my chances on that than trying to guess right on the roulette wheel that is the Arizona passing game. It, it it, it shored up a little bit more with DeAndre Hopkins out, but it's by no sure means a safe uh, floor for any of these wide receivers. And, you know, if we're going with a deep GPP play, Antoine Wesley uh, on the Cardinals is, again, another piece that could get involved. But, again, it's deep GPP, so it's going to be a home run shot. He's only going to get maybe three or four targets max in the game for a home run threat play. I I don't want to be looking at Wesley unless I get news that Rondell Moore is uh, very questionable leading up to the game because if Rondell Moore is in, in 20 lineups, I may have only one or two lineups with Wesley. If Rondell Moore's out, then obviously I'm going to bump up my exposure, but I'm not going to know that er- early on, so I'm going to have to keep some rosters flexible with uh, a pivot from Rondell Moore to uh, Wesley. So it just means that I'm going to be playing a lot of Alan Lazard because I think it's just an easy play and it's going to have volume. Now, in terms of the tight ends, I I think it's Zach Ertz and Josh Degora. I know people are going to talk themselves into Austin Hooper and David Njoku on the Brown side. Uh, You know, Ertz plays for the Cardinals. Degora plays for the Packers. And people are going to talk themselves into Austin Hooper and David Njoku. The problem with the Browns, their passing attack is incredibly spastic. So to me, there's no rhythm or flow to that offense. You need a red zone target to make uh, tight end work. And to me, 
I can't guarantee a red zone tight end target for a touchdown the way I could see it for Arizona and Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is looking for DeGora as one of those options. He Yes, he's going to throw to Devontae Adams without question. He's going to throw to Lazard. But DeGora has gotten red zone targets. It's not out of the realm possibility DeGora gets a touchdown today. So with that being said, DeGora is 2,800. I can pay up for Njoku at 3,100 or Austin Hooper at 3,600. But realistically, are they going to get that many more targets than DeGora outside of the red zone? I don't think so. I really don't. So to me, I can pay up for Ertz or I can pay down for DeGora. Try to go into the middle where I think some people are going to try to play with Hooper and Njoku. I got to rely on Baker Mayfield to have his act together. And I'd rather not do that to myself. Because to me, it's more like I'm poking myself in the eye for no good reason. I don't need to play these tight end plays when I have a superior option up top that I know is getting work. And I have an option at the bottom that has just a similar floor and ceiling potential for less money. I, you know, and he's going to be lower owned. Because I I just think that uh, even though Hooper and Njoku are going to get uh, split ownership, they're still going to be higher owned than Degora because they're more well-known. So I, I'm just not going to force myself uh, to fall into that Cleveland tight end trap. I'm just, I'll let everyone else do it. I, I'm going to be way, way, way under the field, if not fade them completely, because I just think that that's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. So as I said, I'm big on Green Bay. The second game, you can go either way, in my opinion. But, you know, it's it's a little bit harder trying to make the Cleveland pieces work because for Cleveland to work, you have to believe this game's going to be close. I, for one, am not one of those people who thinks this game's going to be all that particularly close. But, you know, we've seen stranger things happen. But uh, I, have, I have my doubts about Cleveland today. This game could get ugly, even though... Uh, you got some guys back from protocol. They needed to win that game against the Raiders. That was the game to win. This game was the stretch game of maybe if we got in the tank, we can get it done. Uh, they tried to sell out late to get that game Monday, knowing that today might be a tough, uh, tough day in the office. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, as I said, uh, don't overthink it in terms of roster construction today. Because I think it's pretty self-explanatory, uh, the, pl- the plays to go. It's just a matter of, you know, you got the salary to do it. So what else are you doing to do? You can do one or two pivots. Don't do three or four. Because then you're just you're just going overboard. It's it's. I just think that you're, you're limiting your options uh, if you try to go overly complex with it. So uh, that's all I got. So best of luck to everyone. And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, Boston and Milwaukee playing right now. Boston out to an early lead. So we'll see uh, how the games hold up. But, like I said, I was uh, lower on these mid- middle of the pack at NBA games. I, I want to concentrate more on the prime time. So I backloaded uh, uh, most of my builds uh, for the APM and on game. Uh, uh, so we'll leave it at that. So uh, that's all for now, folks. Best of luck to you in your NFL contest today, and until next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.